let me um, kind of give us uh, maybe some ground rules, kind of explain what we're going to do in uh, case you're new, not being here for a testimony service, and I'm going to make a couple of announcements, and uh, I'll kind of uh, kick us off, I guess. But uh, so, um, you know, basically, we just kind of open up the, the microphone and, uh, you know, let you share as God leads you. I think we could, we could, in this service, we could kind of just all sit in a big circle and, and everybody just kind of go around and uh, share. But, uh, uh, you know, if you feel like, uh, you know, have a testimony that the Lord wants you to share, um, you know, scripture, if you got a prayer request, want us to pray for you, we can uh, certainly uh, do that. And, um, you know, just let the Lord uh, lead you in, in it. Now, usually the heart, usually what happens, happened in the first service, maybe even worse than usual. Usually it's like, okay, nobody wants to go at first. Somebody's got to, you know, break the ice. And so there's just like this awkwardness. And then like we run out of time at the end because everybody wants to share. So somebody, you know, you know be brave and uh, break the ice, uh, I guess, at the beginning. Uh, you don't have to come up on the stage. There's a microphone here. You do have to come up here. I uh, would ask you to use the microphone. They'll be controlling it from the back so you don't have to fiddle with it, turn it on or off, or anything like that. Um, a couple of just, you know, kind of reminders about what's coming up is, uh, you know, next Sunday is um, actually our 17th anniversary as a church. So we'll be celebrating that. And kind of the first couple of weeks of the year, just kind of be talking about. Um, you know, kind of casting vision, talking about what we feel like the, the Lord wants us to do, what he wants us to focus on next year. Kind of next week, we'll talk more corporately. Uh, the week after that, kind of focus more just on our uh, individual and personal lives. And then, you know, the plan is the, the third Sunday in January, uh, pick back up in Ephesians. And we're going to plan on taking probably about seven weeks approximately to cover the marriage section of Ephesians. And so if you're married or you want to be married uh, someday, I think this would uh, be a very helpful, practical, useful sermon series uh, to be a part of. Unless you have a perfect marriage and then you're feel, you can feel free to work in kids ministry in both services for the next seven weeks. Right, Leanne? That's the plan. So who's got a perfect marriage that you're ready to sign up for kids ministry? All right. The what? Okay. Because you got a perfect marriage? Okay. It's good to know, Shane. <laughs> That's your testimony for the day? You have a perfect marriage? From your point of view, because you have a perfect wife. Is that what it is? Because your wife is perfect. Okay. All right. This is going downhill in a hurry. Um you can repent, you know, of, uh, <laughs> of lying anytime you want to. Um, also, next Sunday evening is Reset. Uh, you know, it's our quarterly prayer and worship service. Uh, we always uh, kick off the year with it. And so, uh, you know, I think it's a great way to start the year for us together uh, corporately to worship and uh, to pray together for uh, personal things and for us as a church. And then uh, for those of you who serve in ministry, and, and, and most of you are involved in some kind of ministry, True Life, uh, January the 8th, the first Wednesday night, is a ministry team meeting. Uh, you know, we usually do those twice a year at the beginning of the year and then in the summer. And so uh, it starts with a meal at 5.30 and have a large group gathering time at 6.30. And then a lot of the different uh, individual ministries, you know, will break out for training or for whatever they're going to do. Uh, so if you would RSVP now that we're past Christmas, let Jessica know that you're coming to that so they know how many to prepare for for the meal. And also need to know how many you'll have in child care. Um, so if you'll let her know that, I know there's a link online. You can text her, call the office, uh, email her. The office is open every day this week except for New Year's Day. So um, kind of with that said, I thought I would share uh, just some of the blessings that I think we've had as a church in 2019. Uh, I, I shared this at the annual meeting. But uh, for those of you who weren't there, maybe just kind of break the ice, hopefully, and kick us off. And then hopefully somebody will just be ready to come and, and share uh, when, when I get finished. But, but some of the blessings of 2019 is uh, here, as far as us as a congregation, we had 22 baptisms uh, this year. And so, um, you know, we thank the Lord for what that represents. Uh, you know, the Micronesian Church, 
uh, baptized 21 people here in the month of August, and then they baptized six more people a couple of weeks ago. So uh, that's pretty exciting that they baptized 27 people. I don't really know numbers on the churches in Honduras because pretty much they're kind of doing that on their own now instead of waiting till we get there. So we weren't really a part of any baptisms there uh, this year. But uh, we birthed a couple of small groups this year, which is always a big thing, and kind of had another group kind of uh, rebirth in, in a sense. And so, you know, that's always important. Uh, you know, thankful for what's going on in the youth ministry, you know, the, the growth spiritually, the growth numerically, the development, the addition of, uh, of leaders, the addition of Club 56 on uh, Wednesday nights, and really just even with, you know, what's happening with some of our students who have come through youth ministry and uh, are now, uh, you know, in college or whatever, out working, but they've kind of, you know, leaders now serving, kind of come back to be a part of that ministry or other ministries, or we even have, I think it's six people that are either in college or seminary preparing for some kind of vocational ministry, uh, which is, you know, something to be thankful for, and, and those are people to pray for, um, you know, and obviously a lot of that's about God's call, but I think it also says a lot about what, uh, our student leaders are doing to disciple them and prepare uh, teenagers for what God is uh, calling them to. So, um, you know, thankful for that. Uh, thankful for everybody who serves in our kids' ministry, for Leanne and just, uh, you know, the whole team uh, who serve week in and week out, everybody who served in, in VBS. That's obviously a huge part of what we do uh, as, as a church, and uh, it takes a lot of people to do about Roughly how many people do you have serving kids' ministry right now? 70 is people. So uh, thank you for everyone who is a part of that. And uh, for those who God will call to do that next year, we thank you in advance as well because we always need more people. We'll talk about that uh, next week because really, um, I mean, you can't tell it today just by looking around, but uh, Kids Rock is kind of overflowing in both uh, uh, services most weeks, and so that's uh, one of the things we need to do is to kind of subdivide that uh, again and lessen the amount of grades that are in there, and uh, we're going to be making some building adjustments to make that work, but really the biggest thing we need to make it work is more teachers. So, uh, But, you know, God continues to raise up leaders in our church, and, and you know, that's something we've really emphasized over the last couple of years. Really thankful for what he's doing with that. You know, I'm thankful for our staff, for our elders, you know, all those who lead, um, you know, for the things that we've been able to do on um, the building this year. Appreciate Jim and Sheila, the leadership they give to that. Uh, you know, I think one of the, the best ministries that our church has, both for people in our church and uh, for people in the community, as much as Lori can accommodate them, which is kind of becoming less and less, uh, but uh, just her counseling ministry and the number of people that that is, is helping. Um, you know, we'll talk more about this next week, but just thankful for what God's doing in Honduras for John Harrell's leadership there. And as that uh, continues to grow, um, you know, the, the ninth club, uh, Boys and Girls Club, there will be starting sometime. It's going to be January or February when it starts. Do you know, John? Um, so it, it's it, when we when we're there. Uh, but they're they're training the people there, and you know the boards approved it, and everything's uh, set for that. Uh, you know the the training that we're doing with leaders, you know, continues to grow, and. Um, you know, I, sometimes I just, you know, want to remind us of this because I think sometimes, you know, we can focus on, okay, well, you know, what do we experience here on a Sunday morning? What do we experience in a small group? But, but we need to remember, you know, that what we're doing as a church is outside the four walls of uh, the, the church, you know, with boots on the ground. And Steve Simpson's really been doing a really good job with that. Uh, you know, as small groups serve in the community. And then what we're doing in Honduras, what we're doing with church planning, you know, I think a lot of the second half of this year for us as a church has been about uh, the church planning opportunities that God has dropped in, in our lap and, you know, what he's doing with the Micronesian uh, congregation as they continue to grow and reach people. And, um, you know, hopefully that's going to continue to expand uh, as, you know, new creation in Morristown. Um, you know, they're training their core group right now. And, uh, you know, they're really trying to minister to the South Cumberland area of Morristown. 
And there's weeks where they're feeding over 100 people on Sunday nights. You know, some of those people are homeless. Uh, some people are, uh, you know, there in the community. But uh, Jeff was telling me recently that they've had some experiences uh, recently with people that they've ministered to on Sunday evenings who have now, you know, found a place to live and finding jobs, but still coming back to be a part of what they're uh, doing there. Uh, you know, with Legacy Church and Dandridge, as they're going to be uh, kicking off their core group training in, in, in January. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll talk more about that next week, but, uh, you know, continue to pray for them. We thank God, like I said, for what he's doing there. And uh, also we're thankful, uh, you know, to the Lord and to you as, uh, you know, we've had a good year financially, have continued to, to grow uh, there, um, you know, have, have you know, exceeded uh, budget and been able to expand the budget uh, for next year. So uh, we appreciate your generosity uh, there. And uh, so I, I think those are some of the blessings, some of the highlights of this year for us as a church. So with that said, uh, I'll just leave the microphone here and kind of open the floor. And, uh, you know, we'll just kind of go until we're finished or we run out of time. If, you know, if that's short, we've got some songs to sing. If it's long, we'll adjust that. But uh, somebody come and share and break the ice for us. shared this in the first service, and I'll try to do this without turning into a blubbering mess again, <laughs> but um, I just wanted to share uh, Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he's inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The pains of death surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. Um, <clears throat> most of you know that back in June, we lost our first grandchild. Um, uh, Lauren was 38 weeks pregnant, and Oliver was stillborn. And um, that was a really, uh, it was a really big blow because we didn't, it was completely unexpected. And um, our family just, yeah, it was, it was just a real big blow to our family really tested our faith, um, went through shock and then anger, um, not really knowing where to direct the anger was the hardest part because there was really nothing to direct it to. Um, felt like being angry at God and um, even was a little. Um, but I got, to, I got to thinking about it, and I, I, I think I told Terry at one point that you know, she was she was struggling with the anger a little more than I was, and I said that I told her that, you know, it's okay to be angry with God. He can take it, and you know, he's he's okay with it, and he'll still be there for us. And um, I think I even said something to the effect of I didn't really feel like praising God in that moment, and yet here I was praising the grace of God. Um, then. Uh, you know, later on, uh, about three weeks ago, I, I won't share any details, but I, we experienced another traumatic event, and uh, some of you know what that was. But um, I just felt like, you know, 2019 was just going to be a horrible year. And a lot of questions raised up in my mind, and, and I got to thinking about the greatness of God. And, you know, God created the entire universe. He sustains everything. Um, and when you really start studying the universe, which I'm a big fan of space and stuff, and uh, it just blows your mind, this, the enormity of it all. Um, and yet, in that sense, I kind of thought, well, who am I to question what God has in mind? What is his plans? You know, he's God. I'm not. Uh, he doesn't owe me any explanations. And yet, he's personal enough that he cares about us individually. And... Um, he showed his grace to us. <laughs> Last week, Lauren announced that she's pregnant again. <laughs> Thank you.
last year, um, just before Thanksgiving, I had a stroke. Pretty dramatic. Uh, um, I uh, lost a little speech. Couldn't talk very good. Uh, but I'm doing good now. I mean, I'm up here. Uh, um, I felt that the uh, Lord had let me uh, be a part of uh, everything uh, that the Lord, uh, uh, he watches over us in, in ways we don't know. It it takes time to uh, get over something like this. I just wanted to say thank you. I shared this in first service this morning, and I felt called to uh, share it again this, uh, for this service. Um, <clears throat> before I begin, I will say I don't like public speaking, so I might tear up, so bear with me here. Um, so uh, um, I believe it was beginning of October, we went on a youth retreat, um, and uh, and I remember I was... I'm been struggling with depression for a while. Um, and I remember it was a Saturday evening and we the youth was gathered around the fire and Jacob Wilkie had a time where we um, were able to just share what's on our hearts. Like if we needed to pray for something or just wanted to get it out in the open. Basically what it was is we basically had small group time but was just with everybody around the campfire just interacting with each other and just encouraging one another. And uh, I remember that day that uh, I was just having a really rough day. Um, um, I've had a lot of um, a lot of things going on in the past. Uh, most of you know uh, the struggle that I had with my family, being dead, getting sick. But, um, but uh, I remember just sitting there all day long, uh, pretty much the whole time we were on the trip that I read and read up scriptures after scripture after scripture after scripture. Um, and uh, I remember there was almost whole, the whole youth came and one by one and they would say, what are you doing? Why are you sitting here all the time and all that? And I was like, well, and I just couldn't figure out an answer why. Um, because I knew I was just holding that um, hurt inside my back of my mind, but uh, but going back to the campfire night, we the youth did a song, and this is the newest song that we've done in the youth so far, um, and it's called "Jesus, We Love You," and pretty much the song talked about like how much we should love Jesus um, because um, he loved us first. But most importantly, it talked about, um, and plus it talked about our hearts adore him. Um, but I know I hold that song in the back of my mind each and every day. But um, And uh, for those of you who don't know, I've been blessed um, with a new nephew, um, which is always a praise. Um, um, but we know I just had a... Uh, 
I've had this struggle for a while, and uh, and I know there's a verse that I keep in the back of my mind. It's um, Philippians 4.13 that says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that verse is to remind me that that we can do all things through him who strengthens us. Um, I hold that verse in the back of my mind each day when I'm knowing that I'm struggling. But... Um, I know that I've seen Dr. Lori Arwood for a while, and she's helped me a lot with um, with the, with this um, depression that I've been battling for a while. But um, I just wanted to say that uh, that whoever, if anybody here is also struggling struggling with this, that um, uh, I can definitely say that you are not alone um, because. I myself struggle with it, and um, there are some days that I definitely feel that. But uh, but I remember back at the retreat that one by one the youth kids would come and just pray with me, talk to me, and encourage me with scriptures, um, just good things to just let the hurt uh, be sent out the door. Um, but I just know that this has been a personal thing to me over the for a while, and some of you know I've, I've talked to over the past few times that I struggled know that how personal it is. But uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm definitely thankful for each of you guys um, that stands beside each day um, through the time that we had with my father being sick. Uh, just all of it. Um, I'm just thankful for all that. So thank you guys. Hey, my name's Ryan. There's another guy named Ryan, but I'm not him. And I have a vocal, some kind of sore, so I, I sound kind of hoarse, but um, I want to share some scripture first before I get started. This is in John chapter 16. This is Jesus' words. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So um, I owe credit to Miss Judy, the coffee lady, who uh, suggested to me that I come up here. This is how I work, is that I have people suggest, hey, you should do this. And then I say, well, okay. Um, so if you want to get me to do something, that's how you do it. Um, 
So uh, I would say the testimony of my life is when I was a young man, I agreed to be baptized kind of in the same way. Somebody suggested to me that I do it. My mother says that I knew what I was doing, but I would say that the testimony of my life after that point doesn't reflect that I worship Jesus as Lord. I would say that the way I thought and the way that I spent my time indicated that I thought about me. Um, my mind was on video games, which seems innocent, but if it's what you worship, then anything, if it seems innocent, is a God that you're making. And I wasted a lot of time. Um, later, when I became mature, um, I found pornography, and that became a great stumbling block. Um, and it really hurt me. Um, it hurt me because anyone who comes into this uh, will, will inevitably be hurt. Um, and then after my parents had found out about this, we had taken measures to remove it from my life and so that I could be at home and not have these temptations. But after some time of not having um, access to the internet and things like that at home, I found that, as the scripture says about the heart of man, that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Um, my heart was desperately wicked, and I could not understand it. I could only obey it, so I still hungered after these things, even though they weren't available to me. Um, still playing lots of games, still thinking all the time, what's the next fix that I can get when I, when I come home, when I lay down, when I wake up, you know, after meals, when I'm done with homework. So I go on being nominally Christian, um, Though sometimes, like at a summer camp or something, I'll feel a rush or I'll have some, some inkling that I might be um, worshiping God somehow. Um, it seemed like the majority of my life was about myself. So fast forward to when my friends start going to college. Um, they are all going to Bible college, and I'm the only one who does not. Um, so it looks like a bad trajectory for me. Um, I go off to MTSU, but, uh, God was using that. Um, he took me to, um, a church called Borough City Church in Murfreesboro. And there was a pastor there named Trevor who had done something that I had never heard before. Uh, all the sermons in my life up to that point had started with funny anecdotes or movie clips, um, and he would just read from the Bible at length. And sometimes it would be things that we did not understand. Um, I remember he started a sermon uh, in Genesis 5, which is just a genealogy uh, from Adam to Noah. And that was so different. But what was amazing about it is that God used his word to do in me what he did when he created the world. He spoke, and something came out of nothing. So when Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will come and tell you what is his, um, because the Father has given it to him, he created in me a new heart and a new spirit, um, and I was saved. And I don't have a time for when I was saved, but I know that by the power of his word, that's how I was saved. And I'm so glad for that. Um, so um, his word is a firm foundation, and it's, it's trustworthy to build your life on. Thank you. morning. Um, I just want to share something. Um, 
2015, my life has dramatic change. And right after that, and I was not feeling well um, physically. You know, I always had headache, like during the whole week, I probably have two or three times bad headache and always feel my mind is not clear and always just not, not feeling well in general. And 2017, I made a new year resolution and I wanted to start workout. So I started running. And so at the beginning, I was only running one mile and I have to walk a few minutes and, and little by little, and then I, I can run a little longer distance. So it's almost the new year of 2020. I just want to encourage everybody, if you um, want to make a new year's resolution, uh, maybe you start working out is one of them. I know we all want to grow spiritually. Um, I mean, physically is very important too. And our body is, our mortal body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think God really wants us to take care of our body. And I just want to share a personal experience is when you started, you know, just set up a lower goal, not a very higher goal. Just, you know, start maybe walking and, you know, running one mile, two miles. And since that, you know, at the beginning, I only run one mile, five miles. And I have run multiple half marathons so far. And my goal for the new year is I want to run a full marathon. So it's not easy. Sometimes I all... And I heard a lot of people say, oh, I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like. So every time when you think about you don't feel like doing something, I think is you're listening to your flesh. So you have to say, am I supposed to do it? I should do this. Sometimes if you give you a little push, you will get over that feel like not doing something. And I... I did it myself, and um, right now I was in the mo- I am in the mo- momentum that I really want to do it. I don't really have anything like I don't feel like doing it. So I just for the new year I just want to in- in- encourage everybody, and if you want to work out, you know, just do a little bit each day, do a little bit every day, and well. I think that it really helped us to grow spiritually because the Bible says, you know, a cheerful heart is a good medicine. A broken spirit can dry up your dead bone. So when your body is getting better, physically better, it will help us in a lot of ways and emotionally, spiritually, and maybe you get a better health, you can get a better job. So that's my personal testimony. I I was runner, I'm runner now, but I wasn't two years ago. And so I, I want to let everybody know what I have been done, what I have been, been doing, what I have done. So I think if I can do it, you, you can do it too. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan, for your honesty. Um, I'm going to read Lamentations. um, I'm nervous. um, 3, 22 through 24. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Um, I um, just feel like this year the Lord has... I feel like I need to step away. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You, you go through your life and you're, you feel like you're doing okay, and then the Lord wants to highlight um, areas where he wants to really um, work and go to the root of issues, and it's just like that song. Um, 
what what did the song say? Um, yeah, strongholds. Uh, yeah, and his resurrection power over every circumstance. And I was just thinking about things that um, I've dealt with and been through this year, and that that the Lord is He wants to work, and I want Him to keep doing that. And um, He's just reminded me of this first lately that. His compassions are new every morning. So whatever it is, you know, if if I'm on my face every day confessing sin, whatever it is, um, he's faithful to just every day. You know, he loves me. It's grace. It's his mercies are new. And um, I guess my prayer for this year is that he will continue to work in me to get all the ugliness out and to bring beauty from it all. Anyway, and Ryan, thank you really for being honest. have to make this PG for the live stream, I guess, but uh, if, if any of y'all have any bio, have Bibles with you, hopefully you do, since it is a church day and the Lord's day, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4, and uh, 2019, a lot of us look at that year and think, oh, it was a good year or a bad year, we judge it by either what happened to us in our lives, but uh, my main thought and what I got from 2019 is uh, I see that as a year that God finally sanctified me through some kind of substance abuse addiction. You know, I, I've, I've had an, uh, uh, I've been addicted to some kind of substance and had substance abuse issues since I was probably 14 years old. And so now that I'm 34, I can remember Jimmy telling uh, a story or one, one sermon, you know, and they was talking about you know, don't identify yourself as an addict, talking about substance abuse. And when I realized that, hey, I, I was an addict for like 20 years of, of something, you know, and whether it be alcohol and then coming back from uh, Iraq, dealing with PTSD and all that stuff. But uh, in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35... On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with him they took took him with them in a boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling, but when but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion, and they woke him, said to him, Teacher, do you not care we're perishing? He awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? They were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? When I think about, you know, we were singing about strongholds and stuff like that, I'm reminded that uh, Jesus said, If you have just a little bit of faith, you can move mountains. You know, to take it into context, for me, either a mountain might be a substance abuse problem, a, a, an addiction problem to pornography, and seeing people's stories and stuff and how they express that mountain may be that. But ultimately, when we have just a little bit of faith, we can move that mountain. Because Jesus is ultimately all we need, even when we're broken and, and at our lowest point in our lives, when you don't have nothing. And unfortunately, this year, I see, was my bottom year but even though I, I had Jesus I had enough to come through that and this is you know been one of those times in my life and I can look back and, and just thank God and praise God and give him all the glory because ultimately that's what that's the only thing we have to do and I just want to thank you guys of this church You've been so supportive of me you know next month January 11th I'll celebrate one year 
of sobriety. And, uh, and that's just, that's just all that glory goes to God. You know, we can look at things like, hey, we can change our location, we can change our friends, our parents, and blame it on problems of how we was raised and stuff, but ultimately it's our relationship with God. And this has been one of those years where, you know, in recovery, he has restored that relationship. And one of the things I get so aggravated about is, you know, people expect Christians. I gave my life to Christ uh, on, on August 24, 2003. But that still didn't mean I didn't struggle with things. You know, we go through life and stuff. I rejoice with people that have these miracle salvation experiences where they turn away from everything. But when life starts pressing at all ends, it's just simply for me that was not true. And I don't know if some it affects some of you like that or not. But uh, just thank you guys, and I praise God and give him all the glory for bringing me back into a rightful relationship with him. Thanks. So we're closing out a decade, um, uh, and uh, just want to uh, talk about a lot of the things we've experienced over this last decade. But a lot of them are very public. Uh, we uh, began the decade in 2011 with birth of Joseph, who's just made this incredible, impactful difference in our lives, and um, because he was born with neonatal absence syndrome. This church, I think, is very familiar with that and his condition and uh, the painful first 52 days of his life and and uh, what it's done with us and educating us about the true nature of addiction and substance use disorder and how powerful that is. Um, and um, because we adopted Joseph uh, a year later, then uh, Estella came into our lives. And um, six months, seven months later, we found this church. And uh, we, uh, we knew immediately that we found a home. And it's meant so much to us. Um, and so throughout the, uh, the decade, um, we uh, am informed by Joseph, um, committing ourselves to do everything we could to address neonatal absence syndrome and um, we had to learn about um, what the true nature of um, addiction was and doing everything we could to address that um, we uh, God has just been so amazing in the work that he's been able to do here locally with so many uh, wonderful people uh, that whose names maybe you don't read in the newspapers uh, that I get to serve with um, in our recovery cabin. We've had 21 healthy births and 80-something women live there. Um, we've had over uh, 80 healthy births born in another court that we do, um, with most of those women retaining custody of their children. It's some surreal experiences of being invited to the White House and um, on the Today Show and the Supreme Court a couple of weeks ago being honored as, um, you know, for our work. Um, simply an incredible decade in that way. But to tell you, the flip side of that um, was to close of the last decade, uh, we uh, made a decision to invest in commercial and real property, uh, financed millions of dollars. And one of the things in my life I always uh, uh, really Grew up, say, economically disadvantaged, 
the one thing I wanted to do was to have wealth, and, and really at that point in my life, it wasn't about having more. I had, in my mind, I wanted to uh, be able to give more. I wanted to have a young child and a young, younger wife. And, uh, uh, but I would pray for God, to God about whether I should make that move before we did it. And I never had clarity. I heard, trust me. And uh, I moved ahead of God's timing. And uh, we made that decision. Of course, that was the beginning of a, the longest recession our nation's ever experienced. And so we really, uh, it took every all of our money, all of our, everything really we had, we either sold or leveraged since then. Um, four years ago, three years ago, I had to go to my, the owners of the bank and tell them I couldn't pay anymore um, and um, that we were out of everything, had no more money to borrow, no more money to give. And um, so over the course of the next year, it was a possibility of a large uh, grocery store making the purchase, which could have gotten us even, and then that didn't happen. So um, we've um, uh, been able to, one of the um, uh, last verse uh, is the Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but it's basically this, that don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways and acknowledge the Lord and he'll direct your path. And something I've talked to Oakland about since he's a little baby. And um, I think it's all about, uh, you know, make an application of that truth every day um, and going through those times and um, just continuing to do the next right thing because you got to live a wholly integrated life and life's not always uh, roses and awards and recognition or even seeing the incredible good, good work that uh, fruits of your labor and uh, people being healed uh, and made whole um, uh, it, it, there's, there's painful, struggling times and embarrassing times, and uh, but it's it just keep showing up and doing the next right thing and leaving outcomes to God. Then He's able to interweave and work all those things in such a beautiful, impactful way. Um, I know God speaks to me in just little pieces, but I know when it came to this decision, it was. Uh, and praying about it was always trust me Some different times throughout those years it was trust me uh, but uh, and then I remember praying about Joseph I was telling Gretchen I'm like almost 50 I facing economic disaster I mean what and by the time I hit my knees it was and I was frustrated that I didn't have time for anything and it was and I'm not excellent in anything and that's pride and ego but before I got to the ground it was be excellent to me, and I will provide. And I've tried to honor that and be excellent to God, and he has provided and he continues to provide everything we need. And uh, one other time he spoke to me, it kind of during the public's time, and it was, I'm not going to deliver you from this, but I'm going to deliver you through it. So, with all the awards and recognition, everything we've gotten, it's kind of public. A lot of you, some of you know about this this part of it, but some of you don't. And it's just fine that it's on the internet because without going through all those times uh, that we've had to face over this last decade with regard to uh, the financial part, if it hadn't been for uh, being that, held that close, to uh, our Lord, then all these other things would not have happened. They had to happen for us to be able to do the things that really matter. So, so I thank this church. Thank uh, all the people that are out there that pray for the work we do. And um, uh, we just look forward to it next decade, uh, and uh, Happy New Year, everybody.
Hello. How's everybody doing this morning? I'd like to start back with, you know, probably around right around the first of this year, you know, I've kind of struggled with coming back to this church and, you know, just kind of dealing with everyday life. You know, I struggle with depression, anxiety, you know, things like that. And at a point in my life, probably a year and a half, two years ago, you know, I was contemplating suicide. You know, that you know, that probably wasn't the smartest idea. But what really helped me was a friend of mine, you know, who I went to school with, you know, kind of went through the same things as I did. You know, and I called him up and I said, you know, this is, you know, what I'm thinking about doing, things like that nature. He said, man, he said, there's so much more of a life to live and just, you know, going through everyday life with thinking about, you know, how much you may not, you know, mean to somebody. You know, that meant the world to me for him to sit there and have an hour phone call with me that night. And so, and when I found this church, you know, I was still struggling with it, you know, depression, anxiety. I still struggle with it every day. You know, I'd be lying if I told you I wouldn't, you know. But the thing that we have to remember is God puts people in our life for simple reasons as to help us with our depression, maybe to help us with our anxiety, maybe to, to whatever that reason is. You know, we may not know that reason. He may fix our problems in so many ways, and we probably don't even know why that person is there in our life. But I can tell you, for, you know, for the people that I've met here in the last three years, you know, I, I can't thank them enough for being in my life. You know, if I probably hadn't had them kind of people in my life, I, I really don't know where I'd be. You know, I, I may be, you know, in Japan somewhere. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you. But what I can tell you is I'm very thankful for them people in my life. You know, back in August, you know, this is a, you know, a pretty, pretty bad accident that happened to me. Some of y'all know that, you know, towards the end of August, I shot myself in, you know, the right side of my leg. You know, it was less than a quarter inch from hitting my femoral artery. You know, that was pretty serious. You know, I don't, I don't know if we have any EMTs or nurses in here, but, you know, most of y'all know, you know, if you hit that, you know, that's pretty dangerous and that, you know, it could be, you know, fatal. You know, and for a doctor to tell me, you know, you're lucky to be alive. No, I mean, I'm blessed to be alive. You know, I should have been messing with the gun in the first place, but, you know, I'd been having a rough week, so I was just trying to, you know, go out and try to blow off some steam. You know, did I ever think I was going to shoot myself? No, not in the first bit. You know, I wasn't being careful with it all. You know, it, I had a cocked revolver and a holster, and I went to pull it out, and it went off. You know, that bullet stayed in there for a little over a month. The pain that I felt was so bad that, you know, I couldn't even hardly walk. You know, went from, you know, throwing up for, you know, nearly two and a half weeks straight to, you know, limping every day, you know. Um, and another part of this, it's kind of really hard for me to say, but over that accident, I ended up in jail for about 67 days. You know, 67 days is a long time. You know, I don't, for most people, you know, you really don't know the value of life until you end up in a place like that and you lose getting to wake up you know, 8, 9 o'clock every morning, get to brush your teeth, you know, get to listen to music, you know, whatever you do, sing in the shower. I mean, I don't care what it is. You really don't know how much you have something until you lose it at a, you know, in that moment. You know, for me to almost nearly lose my life is something that I'll never forget. You know, I'll carry that, you know, every day as I live, you know. And what that doctor told me was is that he asked me, he was like, he said, why was you playing with a gun to begin with? And I said, well, to be completely honest with you, I can't really tell you other than the fact that I was just trying to blow off some steam. He said, well, he looked at me and he said, you know, give it to God. And I never really, you know, kind of understood because I've never had a doctor in my entire life tell me, give it to God. What I did know was this man had been falling across ever since he was 15 years old, every day. So for him to share that with me, it really meant more to me than anything during that whole time had ever happened. So I, you know, and, and really, you know, when I was going through all this and things like that, you know, it's been three, four months now since I had happened. You know, so to me to have that occur in my life, you know, it's pretty, pretty crazy. You know, it, whether some people would go through a car accident or, you know, go through something that traumatic, you know, I'd have never thought I would have recouped from that. You know, I thought I was going to have pain 
every day, not at all. My leg is fully functioning now. I, I really don't have any pain. I, I can't really think of anything that, that's ha have, that has happened to my leg since then. Other than, you know, sometimes it might get hinged up, but that hasn't happened in the last month. You know, so I'm very thankful and blessed to be alive. And so when I was going back and forth to court when I was inside of there, it was, you know, all I was thinking about was, well, what are they going to do to me while I'm in there? You know, these several different things kind of ran through my head. And I've kind of shared the passion with my brother and my uncle, of, you know, going to mechanic school or working on cars, that kind of thing. And, you know, what... I can't really go into detail with what happened in court other than to say, you know, what they could have done and what they did do is so much different because now for what they did, I'm able to go to tech school. I recently got an acceptance letter into a tech school down in Nashville. So I'll be moving to Nashville going to tech school for 18 months. You know, that right there, you know, kind of shows how God will work in your life because not only did he bring me back into this church, he brought me closer to him to know who he is and what his son did. I don't think if he hadn't did that and intervened in my life, I really don't know where I would be. I, I'm, I could possibly have been dead a long time ago. Should I probably? Yeah, probably had. But I'm, I'm just very thankful for you know each and everybody in here you know who's kind of helped me along the way in the last two or three years that I've been here. If I hadn't met some of you guys, I really don't know where I'd be. You know, I'm thankful for each and every one of y'all each and every day. You know, I know some days I may not show up, but I promise you, you never know what, you know, what means so much to somebody, you know, until you, you kind, of, kind of talk to somebody and things like that. A kid I went to school with, now I got to talk to him about, I want to say it was probably a week after I got out of jail, and I talked to him, I said, hey, I said, I'm going to tech school, why don't you come with me? He said, well, he said, I never really gave it no thought, but he said, I'll go. Last week, he just got his acceptance letter to go to school. He's getting ready to go take a test, the same test that I'm getting ready to take on February the 15th. If we both pass that test with at least 100, we'll get a full-ride scholarship. So during this time, you know, you know, may, God may have you in these situations. God will never put anything on you that he, that he knows you that you couldn't handle. You know, during this time, he made me to look up and realize what I was doing. I was heading down a bad road, you know, a bad road that could have led to several different things. What I can say is I haven't had a drop of alcohol since July the 15th. Since July the 15th, I haven't had any alcohol, had anything to do with any kind of drug ever. Do I have any desires? No, and I will never have another desire to have anything of those again. But that, that doesn't mean I won't struggle with, hey, with temptations. You know, I, I'm not saying that by any means. I mean, there will be temptations, but how you choose to deal with those temptations is totally up to you, and, uh, and that will stay between you and God. Only him and you can work out those problems and issues that you have or those challenges that you may face. What I can tell you is, you know, whatever you're going through, give it to him because I, I can promise you and assure you he will help you with it, but that doesn't mean you won't struggle with it. Thank you. All right, we should probably uh, stop there just for time's sake, but appreciate everybody who shared, appreciate you being here, and, uh, you know, I hope you'll be back next week so we, you know, look at where we're headed next year, and um, hope everybody has a safe and happy New Year celebration. Hope you stay healthy. Uh, <laughs> if you're healthy right now, I think you're in the blessed part of the population. Seems like half the world's sick, but uh, why, don't we, why don't we close with, with prayer? Father, I thank you, Lord, for the things that have been shared, God, for these testimonies of uh, your grace and your goodness and your power and your working in, in, in people's lives. And Lord, uh, let's pray that you would help us to trust you, Lord, to help us to, uh, to give us the grace to humble ourselves and to rely on you and, and, and not ourselves. Lord, help us to listen to you and to take you at your word and, and to act on it.
Father, I pray that you would forgive us, forgive me for when I don't trust you, for when I try to uh, just have it my way or, or, or figure things out on my own. Lord, help us to um, just to look to you, to rely on you, to surrender to you, to um, trust in, to rest in your goodness. And Lord, help us to, to be thankful and, and to praise you for the things that you do for us, to not take them for granted, but uh, just to be people of gratitude. And so, Lord, we thank you for what's been shared and for every good thing you do for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.